Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Eight goals in two games, a rejuvenated Paul Pogba and Old Trafford where the fans have actually looked forward to coming to the game. This is Ole Gunnar Solskjaer's Manchester United. Well, at least it is for now. It could all come crashing down, but it's been a fantastic start for the baby-faced assassin with two wins in two games where the result was less important than the manner of it. While Jose Mourinho's United did lose some games against teams like Cardiff and Huddersfield, it was more the dullness of those games that saw him sacked. Things have changed under Solskjaer and in Series 4, Episode 20 of the Manchester United Weekly Podcast, we'll go through exactly what Solskjaer has changed because too often the improvement in performance has simply been attributed to confidence. The youth teams are on a break, so there's no youth update this week and the women's team are too. Apologies for the slightly tinny sound from me this week, while Jack uh, Jack's dulcet tones sound as beautiful as always. I'm away visiting family over the Christmas period, as I'm sure many of you are. Now, Jack, a team that's fun to watch, in United under Solskjaer so far. And this Huddersfield game was harder than the away game against Cardiff. Uh, Huddersfield sat deep and caused some caused some consternation for United at times. But we, we broke them down eventually with some, some good play, Jack. Yeah, for the first sort of 20, 25 minutes, it became a, not, not worrying. I was never really concerned, but you became a little bit worried that, you know, things maybe hadn't changed so much and was Cardiff just a blip because we did struggle to break down uh, Cardiff for sorry, Huddersfield, for long spells of the first 20, 25 minutes. They did sit very deep. They had a lot of uh, men behind the ball. And even when they counterattacked, we, we'd win the ball back and, you know, their their uh, back three would still be sitting five yards outside the penalty area. So it was pretty difficult to break them down. We got a little bit of luck with, with the first goal, obviously just coming from a, from a flick on that corner. But after that, we really started to move through the gears. I think ultimately the most important thing for us in terms of breaking... Uh, Huddersfield down was in a similar fashion as against Cardiff it was it was the movement the movement is just so much better we are nowhere near as as static as we were under Mourinho there were so many times especially in the last four or five weeks when when Jose was still in charge where you'd look at our front fourth front three whatever it might be 
And they'd literally all, almost be standing still, just begging for the ball to be played to them. And it became so predictable and so easy to mark. Whereas now we had so much more variety in our play. I th- and this isn't a slight against Lukaku. I think it's just a, a, a function of the way that the people who the far forwards who played against Huddersfield play. We look a lot more fl- fluid going forward because we're not sort of beholden to just having a, a sort of target man up front. The, there is so much more interchange between the front three. And I like against Cardiff, when we got into the second half, we really moved up up through the gears and we played very, very well, created a lot of chances. Yeah. The, the, the movement you mentioned, I think, is, is really important. And coming into this podcast, we were speaking just about, we were speaking about it just before we went on air and it's kind of so often we we focus on on the confidence in players and, and the hunger and so often Mourinho was criticised for not motivating his players and Solskjaer has been praised for doing that. And now, the confidence instilled in these players by Solskjaer has been hugely important. I don't think either of us would argue against that. His comments are unwaveringly positive and, and encouraging. His arrival has kind of lifted the cloud over Old Trafford for, for the fans. And it's a, bo- it's, it's a boost you get with any new manager, any new club. But I think the main reason why United are playing better isn't, isn't confidence. That's not really how a team goes from losing to scoring freely. Obviously, it can help. But I think the confidence is... It's more of a, a of a byproduct of the changes that Solskjaer's made to the team, to the tactics, which Shaw United beat Cardiff five one, and then Huddersfield three one. So, no two players probably sum up the the change in tactics more than Matic and Pogba. Matic has been rightly criticised yeah. all season, and he's come under. I mean, from us two, he's come under very heavy fire on this podcast, and he's. I don't think he still isn't good enough to be starting in midfield for United next season. But many of his poor performances might and probably were a result of Mourinho's instructions. Matic was playing backwards and sideways, constantly taking too long on the ball. Now he's playing the ball quicker and he's playing it forward. For example, no player on the pitch played more forward passes than the Manny Matic in the first half against Huddersfield. I mean, had we been given that stat a few weeks ago, we would have been absolutely baffled. And the reason that he's playing more forward passes and he's playing quicker is, is it, there's two of them. One is that Solskjaer will not have told him that his, his main objective is to stop the other team scoring. Solskjaer's big emphasis is on playing as Manchester United first and the opposition focusing on the opposition second. And the other um, is that the movement in front of him, as you mentioned, Jack, is is far more fluid. And so he doesn't have to wait so long for an option or, or three or four even to present themselves. And then for Pogba, he's one of those players who is moving, floating more across the pitch and always being the player who is available for the one-two, whether that's with Lingard, Rashford, Mata, Martial, Dallow or Shaw. Pogba's been shooting more and moving further forward more. He's got three role that, uh, then under Mourinho and he's, he's now the main man. He scored twice against Huddersfield and made three assists against Cardiff. And I think just in those, in, in Pogba and Matic, you can see a, a massive change. And we'll talk about a few other tactical things later, but just in Pogba and Matic, you see a massive change in, in the tactics. It's not, it's not just down to confidence. No, you're right. It, those two definitely are the, the sort of clearest examples of the way that United have changed under, under Solskjaer, even if it is just after two games. Like like we said last week with Pogba's assist for uh, Herrera's deflected goal, it's it's the kind of thing that you maybe wouldn't necessarily notice if it wasn't there in terms of the the amount of forward passes. But when it is there, you're like, wow, that's so much different to what we used to see under Mourinho. And it just continued against Huddersfield at the weekend. Probably Matic more so than Pogba because I would say in general, Pogba's play style didn't change too much under Mourinho. It was just that a lot of it was less effective. Um, and so I think in Matic you see it even more because the amount of forward passes that he's playing has been great 
and they're constantly looking through the lines to try and play into the feet of the sort of more advanced midfielders. And that is something we never saw under Mourinho for any sort of prolonged length of time. I think that the two players who really are also very important to allow it to happen, or at least against Huddersfield, it was Lingard and Mata because both of their movement was great. There was constantly an option for the midfielders in sort of that pocket of space between the, the uh, Huddersfield midfield and defence. And so often Lingard and Mata were picking up the ball in that space, having received it off either Fred or Matic in that little pocket of space. And again, that that helps us so much in trying to break down deep blocks because that creates so so many problems for the Huddersfield defence because either a centre-back has to step out, which then leaves space in behind for either, in this, in this case it was Rashford uh, to exploit, maybe Martial on, on another day. And then if the centre-back doesn't step out, it creates so much space for whoever's on the ball to either try and find a different pass or to have a shot themselves. And that was such a big difference, I think, that we've seen under Solskjaer is getting players into those pockets of space. But it doesn't just come from the movement. It comes, like you said, from the players on the ball. And Matic has been the one that's exemplified that change the most so far. The difference in his play in the last few games has been huge. I mean, I would not going to lie, I was still quite disappointed when he started the first two games under Solskjaer. But to be fair to both Matic and Solskjaer, the changes that we've seen in Matic's play have been massive. And he justified yeah. his, his selection. He's been very good in both games so far. Yeah, and I think he still, I think he should still not necessarily be dropped now because he was he was decent against Cardiff and Huddersfield, and it's clear that even though he was a, in fact, maybe because he was such a loyal supporter of Mourinho, he followed his instructions so closely that he looked like he was yeah. past it, and in fact, he probably is slightly past it, and I don't think he should be starting in midfield for us next season, but it's possible that Matic, who has sometimes been a very good intercept of the ball and shield of defence but also good at, at being kind of a deep uh, playmaker for Chelsea and United given that he used to play in attacking midfield for Benfica it's possible that he can still contribute something to United at least for the rest of the season and that Mourinho's tactics were hiding that but the the movement you mentioned I mean, there was there was a few points in the in the Huddersfield game where there were four players in the box at, at one time with Mata kind of hanging outside ready to try thread that final pass through four players in the box at once how often did we sometimes on the marina would Lukaku would be out wide Marshall Rashford would be out wide Pop would be back on the halfway line so often there'd be no one in the box and suddenly we've got four players in the box and yes it's Huddersfield and Cardiff but it's a big change the front three of, of Rashford Lingard Martial or Rashford Lingard Matter is moving much more and that makes the the midfield and defensive players I mentioned with Matic they, they play on the ball much quicker and it also makes it harder for the for the opposition to to sit deep. Something that Huddersfield did on Boxing Day, and something that teams have, I think teams have done that even more than they used to at Old Trafford because they've realised that under Van Gaal, under Moyes and Mourinho, they've realised we can't go against it. So also helping to to combat that kind of it's, it's something that Mourinho actually employed a lot. The, the deep defensive block is that Solskjaer's told, or it seems that he's told one of the central defenders to to push forward, to mess up the lines of, of the defending opposition players, that they sit there with only one aim at Old Trafford and one defender pushes forward, it was Lindelof against Huddersfield, and that means that there's suddenly an extra player that Huddersfield have to defend against, so whereas under Mourinho it was kind of, no the, the centre-backs remain exactly where they are, they don't try to play the ball out, they don't try to dribble the ball out they pass it sideways to the full-backs, back to the keeper, whatever. And we got so bored of that, didn't we? Yeah, 100%. Lindelof stepping out so often from the back, I think was one of the most enjoyable parts of watching the Huddersfield game. We, we've seen that Lindelof is capable of doing it. In, in all of his games this season, he has been pretty good on the ball. He's just never looked like he had really the confidence to go and do it 
regularly and against he, he did it a little bit against Cardiff but it was even more pronounced against Huddersfield he was stepping out with the ball so often to be fair Phil Jones was doing it a few times as well although with a lot less confidence than Lindelof was um, but Lindelof <laughs> was great I th- defensively he was good again as he has been all season pretty much but I think having that centre-back that is capable of playing out from the back is such a huge advantage especially against a deep block because playing against a deep block is all about trying to draw, to drag people out of position and all that teams want to do when they're playing that deep is they want to make sure they can get as many bodies behind the ball and basically take as let let you come as far as, as they can before starting to really press the ball. And so when you have four defenders or maybe three defenders who are just making a line across the halfway line, they don't really care if they have the ball. Whereas if you get Lindelof bringing the ball out of the back and, and getting to a point where sometimes he's, he's only 30 yards from goal, then it, it forces Huddersfield to make a decision whether they go and press the ball or not. And usually when players get that close to your own goal, you have to go and press them. That then creates space for that movement that we were talking about earlier. And so even though maybe a centre-back playing out from the back can feel like a luxury sometimes, and I know there's a lot of kind of reaction against people focusing on uh, centre-back's ability on the ball and the way that's kind of become a focus of modern football. I think it actually does play a massive role in, especially when you play against smaller teams, who are like more likely to sit deep, it does play a big role in your ability to break them down. It's something that we haven't had probably since the prime of Rio Ferdinand. Yeah, definitely. And it's, it's, all, it's not just about what it gives you as a team. It's also the fact that the opposition have to think about that defender's ability on the ball. They have to be worrying about it and they have to think, well, they can pass it back to the defender who is equally as capable on the yeah. ball as a midfielder. It's another thing for them to, to focus on. The other thing that Solskjaer has emphasised is is width more more so than Mourinho. Two full-backs are encouraged to go forward rather than one. And the caveat for all of this is it's only two games and it's two pretty simple games against weak opposition. But this is it's already clear that Solskjaer is playing in this way. He's with the, the wide players and the full-backs in particular. So Mourinho would be one full-back going forward. Solskjaer, it's two. Fred, for example, was berated by Solskjaer in one of the only displays of kind of non, non-smiley Solskjaer that we've seen for not spreading it wide to Diego Dallo against Huddersfield. It's those fullbacks providing that width and then Rashford and Martial and Lingard then come over to the left or the right flank to create a, an overload, which is really hard to defend against. And the things, I mean, what we've spoken about, Pogba and Matic being quicker on the ball because there's more movement and because they're less reluctant to pass forward, uh, more movement from the front three, the defender coming into, into the midfield to create it harder to sit deep and defend against and the width and those are just a few things and there's there's probably more but it just shows that the change in performances aren't just down to confidence confidence is a is a boost to a performance and I don't think it it changes a performance entirely even though there is clearly a uh, what can we call it a post-managerial change bump for almost every team you see it in the relegation teams in right wherever. but I mean the, the thing with thing with that whole confidence theory that a lot of people have and as the only reason why we're playing bet, better is that a change of manager on its own doesn't just create that. You know, like let, let's say Solskjaer came in and had exactly the same style, exactly the same tactics as Mourinho. That doesn't create a confidence boost. Just because it's a different person shouting the same thing, that alone doesn't create a, a confidence boost. It it needs... They, I mean, they'd probably be even even yeah. less confident because they'd be like, oh, great, we've got to change our... Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and so sure, Solskjaer coming in has given the team more confidence. I, I am in no doubt about that. But it's not just because he's a different person to Mourinho. It's because of the things that he's trying to implement. And the way that we're trying to play is so different. And it's so much more enjoyable for all of our players to be playing in this system, which is so much more free-flowing than Mourinho's system was. 
And so, yeah, sure, I, I have no doubt that confidence is playing some role in this. You look at the likes of Pogba, the likes of Rashford, Lingard, you know, they are playing with more confidence. You can clearly see that. But the base of that confidence comes from Solskjaer coming in and having a completely different system. And it's from what he is trying to implement, not just the fact that he yeah. is a different person to Mourinho. I tell you, someone who has got a lot of confidence is, is Marcus Rashford. Yeah. This is a, a key example where it's not just Solskjaer coming in. He, Rashford had a lot of confidence in the last few Mourinho games as well. And something we mentioned after Cardiff and uh, I can't remember which other game it was after. A few weeks ago now, the, the, the Rashford... Ronaldo-esque performances, the, the Cristiano Ronaldo kind of style that Rashford's obviously has, has copied from watching Ronaldo as a kid. Like we did the the inside forward, the powerful dipping shots are becoming more and more frequent. And the, the skill on show on Boxing Day was, was was immense, the variety of it and the confidence of some of it. The taking on of the on the left flank before crossing into Dallow was was fantastic. It was a, a brilliant performance from Rashford and he looks I mean, he is really hit form. Now. I don't I don't wanna kinda of get too far ahead of myself about Rashford, but I think the last the last few weeks, I hope in a couple of years we might be able to look back on these last few weeks and say that this was sort of the coming of age of Rashford because I've been quite critical of him, to be fair, especially in the last year or so, because I don't think he's really kicked on that much from the progress I think he made in Mourinho's first season, despite not having that many opportunities. But in the last few weeks, and maybe this comes from from playing up front a little bit more since Lukaku has been dropped, but I really do think he's come on leaps and bounds in the last few weeks. And there's not, that's not all down to, to Solskjaer coming in because like you said, he was playing with a lot more confidence in the last few weeks under Mourinho too. I don't really know why it started, whether it does come from having a few more opportunities playing through the middle, which he has said is his favourite favorite position. But whatever it is, he's playing very, very well at the moment. This is without doubt the best he's played in, in a United shirt so far. He's getting a lot more consistency in his game. His decision-making, which has been the main criticism of him in the last couple of years, is getting so much better. And... You know, we're finally starting to get the end product that goes with all of his brilliant movement. We talked so much about how his movement is so great and yet he doesn't quite have the end product. But now he is starting to add the end product to his game. And if he can keep that up consistently, then we have got one hell of a player on our hands. And it's still only at, uh, 21 years old. He, you know, it feels like he's been around for years, but because he was so young when he first burst onto the scene, he's still got so much football ahead of him. So hopefully... The challenge for him now is to carry this on. We've seen him throughout his career have, you know, one or two good games. And it's been a, it's been longer than one or two games already. But the challenge for him now is to, is to sustain this, hopefully until the end of the season, because we've we've seen in, in little spurts that the ability that he has, and that's never been in doubt. The question, mm. kind of similar to Pogba in a way, has been whether he can produce yeah. that for a long period of time. We don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but Rashford coming up to his 150th game for Manchester United at the age of 21, which that is, is incredible as, as things go. But anyway, the important thing is that it's been he has he's kind of been the main man yeah. recently because Martial was out of the side against Huddersfield, Lukaku's out, Sanchez is out. It's given him this opportunity to shine as as the main striker. And I think, I've, we, I've said this before, I think he could end up being a, a left inside forward and a future long-term role but the confidence on show and I think yes we could look back at this kind of period and say this was not defined not career defining but it's, it's getting him on the right path this is the kind of thing we've wanted to see some proper progress from Marcus Rashford where he's scoring or assisting week in week out rather than in spurts 
and then a big drought. And I think it probably stemmed from him. He got he got his I think it was his second goal of the season in in November, and then since then he's he's really kicked on. But a, a few other things I wanted to mention. Um, we spoke about confidence and Solskjaer and his tactics, but uh, something Adam Craft in the Mail mentioned was that Solskjaer's approach in front of the cameras is 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 quite similar to to Gareth Southgate with England in that he's making what he says is very simple. He's creating a bond between players, fans, manager, board, whoever, and he's he's kind of focusing on giving individuals confidence and giving them the belief to fulfil their potential. Obviously, we've just spoken about tactics. He's going to need to show that he can tactically outclass Jurgen Klopp, Pep Guardiola, Unai Emery, whoever, whoever depends whether we're chasing for top four or whatever. But the the, the approach in the media is at least is very similar to to Southgate. Yeah, I see a lot of similarities there. Not not just in the fact that they are so clearly aware of the impact of what they said has on the fans, but because it it seems genuine. And I think that was a big thing with Southgate too. It so often we've seen a lot of England managers try and just say whatever they think is best. You know, we hear a bit before every World Cup how this is the best preparation we've ever had. And there isn't really any of that sort of meaningless exaggeration that I think we see from a lot of coaches. And, you know, we, we are we are hearing Solskjaer say so much of what we want to hear, but it does seem to be coming from a place of genuine belief in it. And I think his prior connection to the club is such a big deal in that, you know, he was such a great player for us, obviously involved in arguably the, maybe the biggest moment in, in United history in, in 99. And he remained a fan of the club throughout all of that as well. It's not just that he was a player once and then went off and never thought about United again. And you're right, I think there are a lot of similarities between him and Southgate in, in what they're trying to do. And hopefully he can have the same tactical uh, success that Southgate had. I must admit, so far, I've been extremely, extremely impressed with what he's done. I think to come in in such a busy, busy period of the season, I know everyone can, it's easy to say it's just down to confidence and sort of a, a post Mourinho boost for all the players. But like I said, that doesn't just come out of nowhere. And what he's done tactically, I think has been brilliant considering that he came in and had what, two, two, two days, days before the first game yeah. and then had a like four day turnaround before, uh, before the next game, you know, I think considering the, that circumstances that he's come in, especially when we just came off the back of a really demoralising defeat against maybe our biggest rivals, you know, that is huge. And I think yeah. he deserves great credit, not just for what he's done in front of the media, but what he's, the effect that he's clearly had in the dressing room too. Yeah, I also thought his subs on, on Boxing Day were, were quite helpful yeah. in terms of bringing on Young and Herrera to kind of stabilise it when Huddersfield was starting to look. A bit more threatening. Yeah. Two final I must, I must say, say actually, just quickly before we move on, uh, the only the only slight worry that I have at the moment is still about how how solid we are defensively. You know, there were times against Huddersfield. Yeah. I think they've scored the least amount of goals in the league so far this season when we still looked vulnerable. Set pieces, especially from the the long throw that led to Congolo's chance after like ten minutes, and then the uh, the brilliant save by De Gea from De Poitre after that little corner routine. There were a couple of other occasions as well where Huddersfield broke and, you know, we still look like we struggle with, with teams moving at pace and obviously there'll be tougher tests than this down the line and that's when we'll really find out how Solskjaer is able to adapt tactically because we can't, we obviously can't play quite this gung-ho against some, some better teams without meaning to disrespect Huddersfield. Yeah. yeah, we'll talk about Bournemouth game on the 30th in just a second, but the last two things on the uh, Huddersfield game, first one, 
Angel Gomez's third game for United, told by Solskjaer to go get as many touches as possible, soak up the atmosphere and enjoy himself. I mean, he really just does say the perfect things. He, If he if he doesn't get the United job full-time, which I don't think he will, he should run our marketing campaign or whatever. <laughs> but the, the front four that finished that game for United, Gomez, Pogba, Lingard, Rashford, four academy products, great to see. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, also great to see Wayne Rooney at Old Trafford. Uh, went to see the squad after in the dressing room. Was a pundit on BT Sport for the Cardiff game. Revealed that he texted Solskjaer. Revealed that he's still in touch with the players. And throughout his career, or at least the second half of it, um, no one could have imagined that Wayne Rooney would leave Manchester United on, on such good terms. And it's great that he's able and wants to come back to United and is received well by fans and the players. I mean, that, that's, that's not something we could have predicted under Fergie or back in 2010 or 2013, even under Van Gaal. Yeah, I saw you tweet about this um, when the Man United account tweeted that Rooney was, was back at Old Trafford. And it's true. If you, you go back a few years, considering how toxic Rooney was to a lot of our fan, to a lot of our fan base, there was no way you could see Rooney leaving under such pretty good circumstances in the end. I think... I think by the end, him not playing every week actually helped him a lot in terms of his standing among fans because he was seen as this player who gracefully accepted the fact that he wasn't a vital part of our team anymore. He wasn't good enough to be starting every week. And once he sort of got that, got got past the Bobby Charlton's goal-scoring record, he kind of accepted that, you know, his role was going to be more of just a a sort of leader off the pitch in the dressing room and and on the pitch his, his time had passed. And, you know, I think... Ultimately, it worked out perfectly in the in the circumstances that he left. It also probably helped him in, in a weird sort of way that we weren't very good as a team in his last couple of seasons because I think if he'd have been seen to be putting in the performances he was and we were a team fighting for the title in the Champions League, it probably would have been even worse for him. But in the end, I think yeah, you've true. got to give him credit for the way that he accepted his role in the team diminishing. He never once complained about it. I mean, he's never been that kind of player either, but you know, you, 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 like you said, if you go back to the sort of Moyes era when he was the sort of poster boy for United's mediocrity, in the end, he ended up coming out of it pretty okay. And now to see him back, and I think he will in, yeah. in the end be remembered in a similar vein to the likes of Giggs, Skulls, you know, that, that, those, kind of, those kind of players. Yeah, as long as he's remembered fondly, yeah. then that's fine with me because that's the kind of the kind of player that he should be. Now, Bournemouth on the thirtieth. I have no idea what day it is, <laughs> what day Boxing Day was, what day the thirtieth is because it's that time of the year. So I'm not going to say it in case I embarrass myself. But Bournemouth on the thirtieth, I at least know the date is going to be the hardest of Solskjaer's three games so far. Which I mean, I guess shows how kind the fixture list has been. But United need another win. Although you wouldn't be surprised if the wins slowly start getting less emphatic, or at least with Bournemouth, and then we've got Newcastle and then Reading before we play Spurs, and then maybe they'll pick up again in terms of number of goal scores. And, I mean, let's not say we're going to win all the games, we might not, but this will be the hardest game for Solskjaer so far. Bournemouth will expose United's vulnerability at the back, which he spoke about a few minutes ago, far more than Huddersfield and, and Cardiff did. And I would think, I, I hope that Solskjaer will send his side out with a a slightly bigger wariness of the opposition's counter-attacks than in Wales and at Old Trafford on Boxing Day. Because as I mentioned a couple of minutes ago, his subs were, his subs when things were slightly nervy against Huddersfield did help to stabilise United with Herrera and Young replacing Fred and Dallow. And hopefully that kind of 
foresight will help us beat Bournemouth, who I think everyone agrees are a pretty dangerous side. But prediction, I'm going for 2-1. Still no clean sheet for De Gea. Just don't think we've got enough in defence to stop Bournemouth scoring. Yeah, I, I think Bournemouth will, will be quite a tricky game, actually. We, we've struggled against Bournemouth in the last couple of years, to be fair. And this season, especially, they're a very, very dangerous side. Uh, Ryan Fraser's having a brilliant season and him coming out, uh, coming down the left flank against whether it's Darlow or, or Young on the right, uh, right back, I think will be dangerous because as much as I like Darlow and I think he's a great prospect and I really like him going forward, he still has a lot to learn defensively. I think we, we are probably going to struggle more than we have done against Cardiff and, Hudders- and Huddersfield. The big thing that I want to see really is just that we can control the game because these are the sort of games under Mourinho where you know, where the other team would carry a little bit of threat and it would almost then revert to us just sitting back and hoping to play on the counter-attack. And I don't want I don't want that to be the case. Like we need to come out and we need to control the game because if we can get an early goal or two, then that will really put Bournemouth on the back foot. I, I agree with you. Yeah. I was going to go for 2-1 as well, my prediction. But I will change it and I'll go, I'll go for a really entertaining end-to-end 3-2 to United. Sure but I'll go not. for it. I reckon we're going to go three-one up, and then it'll be a very nervy finish. That would be yeah, classic exactly. United in the last few years. You can take Mourinho yeah. out this team, but it's still the same we... team. <laughs> <laughs> I think we will win, and we both think we'll win, which is the the big change from even yeah. three. So we weeks have just ago. one question this week, came from Sam Smith at Smith Samuel forty-three on Twitter. Sam asks, do you think United will become more widely likeable with Solskjaer in charge because of his great relationship with the media? And if so, do you think that it will improve his chances of getting the job full-time? To the first part of that question, I would say definitely, yeah, I think it does make United more likeable. It probably won't make any difference with fans of our rivals like you know City, Liverpool, Chelsea, etc. I mean, they're just going to hate us regardless, and that's, and that's fair enough. But I think among other people, it probably will, will make United more likeable again. You know, I think Mourinho is quite a toxic personality for everyone involved, both you know, players and the staff of the club, fans of United and fans of, of other clubs as well. I think after a certain amount of time, it, it, it gets a bit boring, doesn't it? It becomes quite repetitive and you almost just almost begin to ignore what he's saying at a certain point. And I think having someone like Solskjaer in charge will help in that regard, I guess make United more likeable. How much of that is down to Solskjaer as opposed to simply not having Mourinho at the club anymore I don't know I think a lot of that probably is down just to the fact that Mourinho isn't here anymore and obviously he makes in general anyway makes a club far less likeable in terms of how it how it affects whether Solskjaer gets the job on a permanent basis at the end of the season as focused on business and sort of marketing as our board is I don't know if it will be an important enough factor to really sway the, the, the decision too much. I, I'm saying that as much in hope as in expectation, to be quite honest, because I, I don't trust this board really to do anything with, with football in the, at the forefront of their thinking. But I just think Solskjaer's media presence probably won't even be a big enough influence on the business side of things to make that much of a difference in the decision of whether he gets the job long-term. I might be wrong, but I think the overall state of the club is probably more important to the business side of it than whether Solskjaer has a good presence with, with the media or not. Um, but like I said, I don't really put anything past this board. And it seems like in the last few years, they've done whatever they can to put any number of factors above 
the quality of, of what's going on on the pitch in terms of their, their decision making in the club so I really wouldn't put it past them to, to take this into account in terms of whether Solskjaer gets the job full time or not now that's all we have time for on series 4 episode 20 of the Manchester United weekly podcast thank you for listening as always I hope you all had a brilliant Christmas wherever you are in the world and the next time we speak to you might be or almost certainly will be in 2019 so happy new year as well thank you for all your support throughout 2018 and if you want to be even more supportive at this time of year leave us a review on iTunes it only takes two minutes on Twitter you can find me at Harry Robinson 64 you can find at UTD Tate T-A-I-T and you can find the podcast itself at UTD Weekly Pod. That's P-O-D at the end there. Cheers for listening. Have a great week dreaming about Oli Gunnar Solskjaer's Red Army. Goodbye. Network.